if you wake up tomorrow and forget the rest of your life, who will you be? You've now listened to all our episodes and you now perhaps think, I know who I am when no one's looking. But there's just one last thing we need to tell you. In this final episode, we're going to be learning about life coaching to unlock the last step to revealing our identity as a whole. What is that last step? I've just said it, life coaching, Dave. So we turn ourselves off from the autopilot mode and critically think about who we really are. And we're doing this, we're not getting some guest in, some old woman again. Excuse me? We're not getting some another old woman to come in and talk to us about this. Dave, that was very rude and you fancied all the women that we've... I never said there's anything wrong with old women. I think old women should be celebrated. But they were old nonetheless. I wouldn't say old. What's wrong with saying old? People are old, they're old. And people are young, they're young. I don't see the problem with that. Well, you can talk. Aren't you 500 years old? I'm fucking old, yes. They're young women to me. Dave, if you just let me finish, I was just going to say that in this episode, we're going to be live coaching ourselves and also having an open and honest conversation, but more importantly, not arguing with each other. And this is not a great start. Wait, so what do we do? We like tell each other what we think of each other? Um, yes, in an honest, but in a constructive um, and also considerate way with positive intent, because the goal here is to help the other person that you're life coaching check their blind spot and help them realise where they might be going wrong. Oh, fantastic. Can I life coach Dave? Yes. Oh, this okay, is so I life I've coach got a lot of advice. She life coaches you and you life coach me. Yes, we all life coach each other. Excellent. Oh, well, this sounds really nice. Oh, what a good bonding exercise. Yes, I've been waiting so long to tell you to exactly what I think about you. I don't think that's quite the point, Dave. I, I think you meant to say helpful things and, and guide us. Yes, exactly. We shouldn't be discouraging each other. The goal here is to help the other person identify their problems. So you ask leading questions, you ask thought-provoking questions, and this helps the other person apply critical thinking and introspection so that they can come up with the best solutions to their own problems. Suman, I think you would make an excellent life coach. Oh, thank you, Angela. Maybe on coaching someone how to be celibate and eat cake all the time. No, I can definitely life coach. Naked wrestlers eat cake. I saw what you Googled, Suman. I don't think you're fit for life coaching anybody. No, no, that was research for my new film. Mm, ah, where's this film going to be shown? Pornhub? Uh, no. X videos? Spank bang? Uh, no, it was. X hamster? Dave, what is wrong with you today? Have you only had three wanks? I don't know. Maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. My goodness, you're particularly horrible today. Just let Suman tell us about life coaching. Right. Go on then, Miss Life Coach. Okay. So, you may have come across people saying to cheer yourself up, tell yourself great things. Look in the mirror and tell yourself how great you are. 
Well, this is likely to be very ineffective because you're going to feel quite deceptive and dishonest with yourself. Because deep down, you know you don't feel great. So just saying that you feel great isn't going to perform any miracles. Life coaching is the complete opposite of this technique. So just like coaches in other industries like sports, a life coach's role is to empower you to help you meet your personal and professional goals. So essentially, it's a form of talking therapy. And if you're life coaching yourself, start by hearing your thoughts out loud. Now, this will be extremely cringeworthy, uncomfortable and unsettling. However, it can help you filter down to the real problem. If you feel miserable about your day, it's okay to tell yourself Soon that... Soon I need to sort your fucking shit out. Dave, don't say that. That's not true. You I... said about telling the truth. Yes, but in a kind way. And also, so what you lie. just said... No, what you just said was a lie and wasn't the truth. But her life's a mess. <laughs> your life's a mess. You're, you're wasting away. What are you doing with your life? Well, you claim to be some sort of producer, but I haven't seen any of this yet. This stuff coming. What are you producing? Dave, I think you're projecting. I'm projecting nothing because I do lots with my day. I masturbated four times this morning. That's not doing lots. That's just no. It's doing loads. Dave, oh dear. I think we should move on, Angela. It, yes, I I would agree. Okay. Sometimes in life, to move forward, you have to take a step back to really understand where you might be stumbling. What has formed your ideology? No, no, this is straight from the textbook. You don't step back to go forward. You bulldoze through. My life coaching is about creating brilliant people who will strive for the best, which is why, Suman, you are not fit for my life coaching, because you are a snivelling weasel. <gasps> oh, ouch. Dave? <sighs> Do you know what? Can we just... <sighs> Look... Can you just be a team player here just for the last episode, Dave? Can you just behave? And do you know what? I might even pay you for this one. Oh, oh, might you? Yes. Yes. Now, shut up. Okay. This is a story of five-year-old girl Daisy whose mom makes the yummiest cakes ever. And this time she makes an extra special one. Like a weed cake. What? I don't think a mother would bake a weed well, cake. Well, I thought maybe she's making like a space cake for herself for afterwards. You know, the kids go to bed and then it's mother's time. No. Little glass of vino. No, this is an extra special one on the birth of her baby brother, Liam. Ah, that's nice. This cake stunned the dining table, looked so delicious, so irresistible and so tempting. Daisy just wanted to have a small piece, but her mother said no, not before it's cut. What a bitch. And then her mother puts the cake high upon the table, but Daisy can still see it. Now it's even more tempting. If you can see cake, you're going to want to eat cake. A few moments later, Daisy sees her mother run upstairs as a baby brother wakes up crying. Daisy knows that her mother's going to be there for a good 10 minutes. Gauging on this perfect opportunity, Daisy climbs on one of the chairs to reach for the cake, just to enjoy a little taste. No one will ever know. 
Daisy jumps and grabs the tablecloth to bring the cake forward. But she pulls the tablecloth too hard and the cake drops on the floor. <gasps> oh my god, I knew something bad was going to happen. I could sense it. The next moment, her mother comes back screaming and shouting at Daisy. Oh. She tells her that Daisy's ruined everything because she's selfish and greedy. <gasps> the five-year-old girl Daisy is not able to intellectualize as her young mind is not fully developed to process information rationally. All Daisy can understand is that she's being told off and has really upset her mom because she wanted to do something that makes her happy. And in that moment, she forms a self-limiting belief that stays with her for the rest of her life. Oh no. When I do things for myself, I will ruin everything. And it makes me selfish. Where is she? Can we give her a hug? I'm guessing Daisy's you, Suman, yes? Um, no, that, that's not my story. That's... Little hungry girl craving some cake, food over everything else. It sounds like Suman to me. No, Dave, that was not my story. Well, anyway, this little girl who isn't Suman, I'm sure she'll be wracked with guilt any time she picks her own desires over someone else. I'll be sitting there on her shoulder, reminding her the time that her fat little grubby hands knock the cake over. <gasps> that is so horrible. You shouldn't be doing that. I mean, she's already formed a limiting... It's already of... done. <gasps> well, I did that with you, didn't I? Did you learn anything from that story, Dave? If you're going to do something bad, make sure you fucking don't get caught. I mean, come on, it's simple. What she does on that story has been much more sneaky. Distracted her parents, snuck in, stole a piece of the cake without anybody knowing, and if she got caught, blamed it on the grandma with dementia. <gasps> Oh, wow. Devilishly smart. Okay, I just want to say for any young person listening out there, please do not try this at home. It's not. Yes, don't steal cake from your own house. Go to the supermarket and steal from there. Oh, God. Or just ask if you can have a piece of cake. Yes, you know what that answer will be to that. Not right now. Yeah, it usually is. We've all been there. Well, do you know what? Learning patience is a very good thing. Exactly. And also, instead of carrying your mistakes from the past into the future, step onto them to rise above. So, take away the lessons that you've learned and let go of the rest. Yeah, and when you do something wrong, just own up to it, accept the consequences and learn from it. I don't like all this sort of self-reflecting learning malarkey. It's not really my cup of tea, to be honest. Well, that's because you find it difficult to look at yourself, Dave. Precisely, Angela. Hmm. So, what are your limiting beliefs? What are your traumas, Dave? So, Angela, do you want to start? Uh, she asked you, Dave. It's your turn. I don't think I even have any. Dave, you definitely have some. Well, there was that time where, you know, Angela didn't finish me off. That was pretty bad. Oh, sorry. Okay, then. Well, I think out of everybody, Dave, you need life coaching the most to unlock your confidence and be more self-aware. My confidence? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, Sue, man. Do you know me at all? Yes, I do know you. But everything you do is out of insecurity, not confidence. There's a difference. And what makes you say that? 
your past. Dun dun dun. Um, Dave, just be yourself for once. We're not going to be judgmental. We're not like you. I'm always myself. I was even myself. I got kicked out of heaven. Oh, now we're talking. Tell us more. I mean, that's why I got kicked out for being too righteous. You know. Too what? Why are you so egoistic, Dave? Even back then, you were so arrogant and so disobedient. I mean, how hard was it for you as an angel to just do as you were told? Did what I was told? Oh yes, to live the life of some slave in servitude to some higher being. That's not for me. That so I thought I'd leave and go to hell.、Uh, what's wrong, Dave? Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I didn't mean to upset you. I was just trying to. Well, look. I mean, I don't really feel like I'm in a very safe space. You know, I'm also going through trauma right now, living in this fucking shed. Well, there are reasons for that, Dave. Exactly. And what happened in heaven? Kicked out of heaven. And the one angel I believe I can still trust, my love Angela, kicks me out again, bringing up all these old things, triggering me like this, this, this. And I've been so triggered, so triggered, I even started meshing other women. That's how triggered I've been. Oh my God, Dave. What? Hang on a minute. Can we just stop and talk about this for a second? You've been texting other women. Yes, but texting, not sexting. I mean, nothing major. There's been no sexual chat. Oh、you're、well, that's than... fine then. Oh, you've not gone on a date, so that's fine. You just chat in. You're more than welcome to read through the messages. I even told her about you. What a bitch you are. Hey, well, this feels like quite the betrayal, Dave. But I can't say I'm surprised. Yes, and are you telling me in this whole time you didn't message Jonathan? Oh yes. Um, nothing happened, and I told you exactly what was going on. And I did exactly the same. So, what's the big deal?、Uh, you've only just told me now on a podcast, guys. This is not great. Look, if you're in a relationship, you have to be loyal to each other. And... Oh, Sue, man, what do you know about relationships? Um. A little bit. The buzzing end of your toothbrush is not a relationship. What is that supposed to mean? I think you know exactly what it means. Dave, you know what your problem is. You think everyone is just as pathetic and a loser like you. You're so insecure and constantly drowned in your fear of being rejected. You feel wronged all the time. You can only see the worst in people because that's what you are. Fucking hell, this is a bit harsh, isn't it? This was a really good opportunity for you to reflect on where you're going wrong, but no, you want to carry on living the same old story thousands of years ago and making my life hell today. Well, maybe if you were a better life coach, I would feel better about it. Dave, you can certainly dish it out, but you can't take it, can you? No, I can't. To be honest, it reminds me of heaven. I was meant to be the top angel. They did not treat me as such. I'm going to come back to you, Dave. Angela, who's Jonathan? Um, Jonathan is an ex. But we remained friends. Okay. Well, as long as you know what your boundaries are, it's okay to be friends with your exes. But Dave. Oh, I see. So she gets a free pass. But God forbid Dave talk to an ex flame. I don't Angela, slag、oh. you off to Jonathan. Bullshit. And you knew, and I told you very early in the relationship that I have an ex that I'm friends with. I was、you、very honest me- about it. Are you telling me that not one time have you complained to Jonathan about me? Because I simply、no. don't believe that. No,、really? I don't do that because I think that's overstepping the mark. I complain to other people about you. Your little drinking buddy. Rob's been a very good friend. I hope he's nothing more than a friend.
he isn't of course he isn't but we both seem to have a very similar experience with you Dave and it's quite good that we can be there for each other what experience is that I don't think I've ever made him come at being picked on by you oh my god guys life coaching episode wasn't meant to be tearing us all apart it's not about bringing the worst in people Dave this is your chance to reflect and work through your trauma don't you want to heal and you know I'm sure deep down you feel really empty don't you I don't feel empty I feel full of vengeance and malicious joy at people's misfortune. Obviously, yes, being an angel is great. You get to feel love constantly. You know, you're floating on a cloud. But being a devil's fun too. But everybody hates you for being a devil. Fucking hell. Everybody hates me. Where, where's your love and compassion? I thought you were a life coach. I am trying, Dave. What about you? How do you think all the people you've wronged feel about you? I'm not wronged anyone. How do you think Eleanor feels about you? Well, I guess she thinks I'm really supportive and encouraging of she her. She fucking hates you. What? Dave, that's not true. It might be. But I've never done anything to upset her. Well, I don't know, but I imagine she thinks you're a bit of a bitch. <sighs> no. Think again. Of course you haven't, Zuman. Come on, Dave. Don't fall for it. He's just winding you up. Oh, so everybody hates me, but nobody hates the great Zuman. Um, I'd like to think not. Your mother doesn't hate you? Um, she doesn't think that you're the shittest child? Your brothers and sisters don't ever get treated better than you. Or perhaps do they? So maybe think twice before you say everybody hates you, Dave, knowing that your mother's love is never going to come. So if you don't like it when people say that you're hated and disliked and you're just horrible. I don't mind. If you don't like that, what can you do about that, Dave? But I think you're confused. I don't mind being hated. I just don't want to hear about oh, it. Oh, Dave, everybody just wants you to stop being a fucking asshole. Okay, then. So everyone at home listening, if you want life coaching, it can be as easy as one, two, three. And I'm cured. Look at me now. I'm practically an angel. Dave? Yes? I would like us to be in a better place. So I didn't realise that sending you out to live in the shed was so triggering for you. And I am sorry about that, but I didn't fully understand your trauma. Now I have a better understanding of that. So I would like to invite you to move back into the house. Oh, that's that's very big of you. I appreciate that. If you promise to show more loyalty and be a little bit kinder and think before you speak. You tell me... And, sorry, um, I've got one more condition. Yes. We turn the shed into a little stable and get a donkey. Aww. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God, a donkey. Oh, come on, it'd be perfect. We've got quite a big garden. It would be so cute. We could adopt a donkey. Okay, on one condition. Uh, I thought I was doing the conditions, Dave. Well, I look, I'll agree to all your conditions and one more that you can check my phone at any time. But I have one condition myself. Um, okay. I get to name the donkey. Uh, what would you name it? I want to call him Rob. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think he'd quite like it. Fantastic. Great. So, Dave, do you feel any better now? Can we move on? I am I fuck. No, but I do feel better. I am quite happy. I'm not going to lie. I've missed Angela quite a lot. So to be back in her arms is, is a real treat. Oh, 
I've missed you too, Dave. Oh, thank God something positive in this episode. Okay, now Angela, I can't imagine you have any traumas, but as we're talking about life coaching, is there anything that you would uh, want to change about yourself? Are there any memories that you feel sometimes hold you back in life? Um, well, no actually. I think I've had a very very blessed life. No trauma. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no trauma at all. Not for me. I think what would be really helpful for our listeners is to learn a little bit more about your life. You know, how do you keep yourself um, so positive, so optimistic? And let's start with, um, okay, so tell us how was school? Ah, school was uh, really good. I went to a couple of different schools, so it was quite difficult when I moved to a new school. Um, You're getting kicked out? Uh, no, I didn't get kicked out, Dave. I'm not you. Eventually that stopped, but for a period of time, uh, I went to lots of different schools and that was that was really difficult because every time you made a friend, you had to say goodbye. Why were you moving all the time? Um, I, I didn't make many friends in the first <laughs> not surprising. Oh, Dave, Dave, this is not helpful. I'm trying to bring her trauma out by representing the past difficulties that she's had and morphizing them in the embodiment of it. Let's just be a bit gentle about it, okay? Sorry, carry on, Angela. Okay. Um, I once saw um, a dog. It was a little border collie outside of Asda and I went to stroke the border collie and it growled at me and it made me feel really bad. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds really sad. Um... I don't think that Suman's impressed. She wants more trauma, stabbings and killings. Dave! She wants you to have killed your own mum. No. And felt the blood drain down your arm. I didn't and... kill anyone. I haven't done anything stupid like that or horrible. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I spoke to a therapist once and they said the trauma of being adopted might have affected the way I am. What? Which you were an orphan. I suppose you don't know, do you? <laughs> Dave? Yes, I don't know who my real mother and father are, but I know who my adoptive parents are, and they were wonderful. Oh, my God. It's starting to make quite a lot of sense, you know. Adopted children are normally quite complicated, abandonment issues, riddled with trauma. You know, I can see this in you now, definitely. You're a people pleaser, aren't you? No, she's not a people pleaser. She's just really kind and caring. Um. Angela, I'm just, I, I don't know what to say. Um, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Well, well, that's not it. Is that it? Yeah, I was adopted and I guess that caused some confusion when I was a kid. But I don't think it's affected my personality or how I am or how I behave in relationships. How did that make you, how did that make you feel when you found out? Uh, well, it was very confusing. Probably quite distressing. Uh, yes, it does affect you know, how you think about yourself. and I imagine you were quite angry and upset, probably feeling a lot of mixed emotions about your biological parents. Um, I didn't really express it very much, to be honest. I slammed a door and my mum said, do not slam doors, that's really bad. You could trap someone's fingers. So I never did it again. So what I'm hearing is just... Uh for all the listeners out there, is basically you've bottled up this trauma for a long time. Oh, Dave, you're enjoying this too much. <laughs> Who made you host of this show? Go on, Sue, man. Dig in there. Angela, can 
I ask, and I think this will be really useful for me um, and also a lot of listeners out there, how do you remain so peaceful and calm and positive despite being surrounded with Dave? Um, I have a room in the house. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a gym. Okay. But it's quite an unusual gym. So I have things down there. I have like a, a, a an axe uh, wood chopping corner, uh, which is really good and really useful. Oh. Um, so I chop wood down there. Um, the axe is, <laughs> it's, it's fucking huge. It's very scary, um, but I'm quite good with it. Oh. And I also, um, I have a punching bag, like a, a gym um, boxing punching bag, which is really good. Um, it does have a picture of Dave on it. What? And you can really get your anger out at stuff. And then I do it like circuit training. So I'll go chop some wood and axe some wood and imagine it's Dave. And then sometimes I'll go to the punching bag and I'll punch the punching bag. And sometimes imagine it's Dave. What? You know, like tennis players where you're like, Rah! Jesus Christ. Sorry. Wait, so is that why you soundproof the room? Are you screaming and stuff down there? Uh, sort of. Wow. <sighs> So Angela's fucking crazy. I don't think it makes me crazy. I think I've actually set up a very healthy outlet for my frustration. I saw a bludgeoning something with a spade, and I thought we'd try and dig a hole. So I thought, oh, my God, let me get the camera. It's going to be hilarious. Well, I pan round, and what do I see? She's fucking smashing a pigeon's head in. <gasps> Obviously, I'm rock hard at this point. Oh, Dave, do not show anyone that I video. Dave, still please. masturbate to it. Oh, Dave. Um. Yeah, I did. I did kill the pigeon. You know what? In my defence, that pigeon was shitting on that front window every morning. Every morning. I mean, where does the this pigeon has all the freedom in the world? It can fly anywhere, but no, it just wants to fly around my garden and shit on my windows. Um, I, I did bury the pigeon. I gave it a proper funeral, and I'm really sorry. And I asked for forgiveness. Um. Sorry, I'm lost for words. Um, you feel like you can't share your feelings with others, even people who may be really close to you. Um, you don't feel safe to share it with others. And I mean, you, you've never talked to me about this before. And then you go to this secret room and have a big outlet and um, scream and shout and really express how you feel. And if somebody's upset you, you'll maybe uh, paint a picture of them and smash them into pieces. Yeah? Yes. <gasps> Look, this is not great. The best way to... to kill a pigeon is with one blow to the brain, to the back of the head. I mean, the best way to manage your intense emotions is to learn emotional intelligence. And that comes with self-awareness, that comes with effective communication, and certainly not suppressing your emotions and not depending on these violent coping mechanisms because you're actually pushing the problem from one corner to the other. And from what you've told me, I think you feel like you can't share your feelings with other people. You can't be honest to them about if they've hurt you, if they've upset you. And you think expressing emotions is a bad thing. When you unexpectedly found out that you were adopted, you must have had so many questions, a lot of confusion, a lot of anger. But your mother didn't hear you out. Instead, 
She told you off. She said not to slam the doors, otherwise you can trap somebody's finger. So just like Daisy, you formed a self-limiting belief. I have to neglect my own needs or someone will get hurt. No, no, fuck off. I'm not having this because, listen right now, if that was me and I told you I killed a fucking pigeon, you'd be like, this dude's fucking crazy. Oh, my God, Dave's being insane again. Because it's a woman and an angel, you go, oh, yes, the trauma. And I see that she's obviously battling her traumas. And fuck off. Excuse me. I helped you with your trauma. We gave you another chance and invited you to move back into the house. I don't know if I want to live in the house with this pigeon-killing psycho. Oh, Dave, don't call me that. I didn't mean to kill the pigeon. It was one pigeon. Well, I'm just joking. I actually quite enjoyed it, as you know. Okay, well, I'm not doing it again. Dave, do not add this to the list of things to do. We're not killing pigeons as part of foreplay. Hmm. If I start feeding the pigeons laxatives, then you'd have to kill them. I'd kill you. Okay. Now we've talked about how limiting beliefs can be manifested, what you should now do is disengage with any internal dialogues that are toxic, that are feeding into these limiting beliefs. These are the things that you tell yourself on a deeper subconscious level. So be careful of the language you use because words are very powerful and they have a certain impact on your thinking. And now we're swiftly moving on to introducing who our special guest is for this episode. Wait, but can we not oh, go yay! on to your... Tra- well, hang on a bit, Angela. I want to know about Suman's traumas. Would you like to talk about your traumas, Suman? You've got a fucking load of them. We're happy to listen. <laughs> I mean, it's not really necessary, is it? You guys know them anyways. And, well, Dave's brought them up entire season one Zuman. from the first episode. You did push us both quite hard on ours. Yes, I opened up like never before. (laughs) And I'm very proud of you, Dave. I thought you did amazing. Thank you, darling. You're welcome. So, Suman, tell us all about your life. Didn't you get left at the altar or something? (gasps) Did you? Did I what? I don't know. Didn't you get left at the altar or something like that? No, that's not what happened. Maybe you shit yourself in school and got bullied for it for about five years. That happens a lot. I weed myself once at school. Fuck off, really? (laughs) Yeah, I was scared of the teacher. I was too nervous to ask to go to the toilet. Oh my God. (laughs) I was only little. I still remember the girl who pissed herself in year three against the door. I shouldn't name her, but her name is Katerina. (gasps) She doesn't know. She's not watching. She might be. No, she's probably somewhere passed out, pissing in an alleyway. <laughs> Dave. Sorry, sorry, I do apologize. I'm going to make a quick sandwich. I'll be back in like, like a minute, okay? Just keep talking. I'll put on a loudspeaker. Okay, great. Okay, good. Now I can talk. So my trauma, which I'm going to share, perhaps is going to sound quite amusing and contradictory to how I might come across. And that's because I've masked it all these years and disguised it by pretending to be more confident than I actually am. So basically, when I was in school, there oh, was sorry, this... I just want to say, Angela, do you want a sandwich? Oh, uh, yes, please, Dave. Uh, what all sandwiches right. are you making? Um, I'm going pastrami with a little bit of fried chicken, some mayo, some lettuce, tomato, a few jalapenos, a little bit of my homemade sauce. Oh, that sounds fabulous, but uh, no jalapenos for me. Excellent. All right, carry on about your depressing life, Suman. Thank you so much, Dave. Oh, isn't he sweet? He's on his best behaviour at the moment. Yeah, I know. 
So I was saying, when I was in secondary school, um, I couldn't speak English really well, so I struggled to communicate and make friends. And because I'm dyslexic, learning a new language and fitting into a new culture was quite difficult and distressing actually. Uh, I couldn't really make conversations, so I mean, I just kept myself to myself. Um, so I found it really difficult to express my emotions because I, you know, didn't have the right words to articulate how I feel. But I could very much express my emotions through creative things. Oh, fantastic. So I remember that there was this uh, Shakespeare play. It was very exciting. I was playing a small part, but I was really excited. And I had a line, so I kept rehearsing that line uh, for, for like weeks. Um, and I thought, what could possibly go wrong? You know, how hard can this be? So I was looking forward to this. Uh, we were rehearsing for this play in my class. Everything was going great. I was just loving being on stage and, you know, really liked getting this attention and being creative and um, being with people. It felt really interactive until I messed up that one line because I just somehow mispronounced the words and it completely changed the meaning of it quite inappropriately oh dear. and in that moment what i hear is a thunder of laughter echoing in the room and just storming all around me like a tornado oh. i felt so embarrassed and i felt so completely destroyed and ashamed at the time Oh dear. Sorry. Oh no. I mean, I just lost confidence with my words. But I tried to, you know, combat this limiting belief that I'm not good with words, that I will be embarrassed if I do something creative and I give something my best Aww. and I've worked really hard to build back my confidence with words and mm. with my pronunciation pr sorry with my pronunciation <laughs> Dave no laughing sorry sorry carry on so yeah that was horrible and and then I got a nickname, and then I was bullied throughout the secondary school with it. It was just. What was your nickname? Dave, you know what it was. Don't you dare say it. Well, here. I think it's good that people should hear. No, it. I don't think the nickname is important. Yes. I, well, that sounds really traumatic, and I'm really sorry that happened to you. Right, so what's the problem here? You basically got laughed at when you were a kid. I don't really see the issue. Like 20 years later, I mean. You know, kind of get over yourself. Uh, Dave, your trauma stayed with you. Suman's has stayed with her. Well, I mean, hell's a little bit more traumatic than fucking middle school, don't you think? Oh, shut up. You love hell. <laughs> oh, you should try again. Well, I actually did act in one of my films recently and I won an award. So, yeah, that was nice. Oh, my God, that's amazing. I have to say, you're actually quite good in that. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's really That was that Asian horror porn, wasn't it? Backdoor Sluts 9. That, was that not you? 
I thought that was you. No, I'm talking about what next. Oh, yes. I didn't watch that. That's not a very good title for a pawn. I know. What does happen next? So, yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you. Come on. I feel there's more. Bloody 40-year-old woman's only got one trauma. Do you think that you've got more confident now as an adult? That you've worked through some of that trauma? And if so, how? I feel over time, um, I have learned how to separate my past from present. And something like that is never going to happen again because that was a different situation. However, at times, you know, when Dave just really gets into my head and he's like, Mm -hmm. just there all day and you're not there, Angela, I just can't help it. And... I do doubt myself quite a lot. Most people are snivellingly and pathetic, just like you, Suman. So don't even feel bad, okay? Exactly. Dave's one of them too. Um, wouldn't say that. Well, I would. I just did. <sighs> Thank you for the sandwich, though, darling. It was really lovely. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I- I'm going to eat it after this. I don't want to be rude. Okay, I'm going to eat mine now. <laughs> uh, di- <laughs> I'm just terribly sorry. Elizabeth's on my chin. Um, can I ask, Suma, and, and I think this might be helpful as well for any listeners, is there anything that you do that kind of silences Dave? Hmm. Well, I'm very spiritual, so I feel like when I get into my spiritual domain, <laughs> domain that does silence him because I'm focused, I'm present in the moment, and I'm feeling that I am self-worthy, I um, have been blessed with so much and I feel grateful for everything and when I am grateful for the things I have achieved, I think it sort of minimizes all the um, failures or all the sort of struggles in my life because I look at the positive side of life. So when I'm in my spiritual domain and I'm sort of reflecting on a deeper level and I really filter out all the noise and all the sort of um, negativity in my head, all the toxic voices of Dave, then I think I feel a lot better. But sometimes I don't get time to do that. Fucking hell, this is like an episode of Loose Women. Dave, shut up. We're far better than that. So, Angela, have you found our final guest for this episode? I certainly have. <gasps> oh my God, tell me. It's an angel, isn't it? It's got to be an angel. Uh, well, some could say this person's a bit of an angel. Uh, what? I thought you had all these, like, heavenly connections. Well, for this episode, Angela has been tasked to invite one of our lucky listeners who has been on this journey with us, who has been following us. And And are you telling me that heaven don't listen? Well, I don't know. Do they have Spotify? All the demons in hell are listening. They they love it. Really? Well, actually, most of them tell me they're listening because they have quite a lot of crushes on you, Angela. (gasps) Oh, dear. Yeah, she's quite the pin-up girl in hell, you know. Even Suman's got some admirers down there. Oh, no, in hell. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. Um, well, um, hopefully they can take something good away and do some good in the world. So, Angela, about this special guest for today, who is it? 
This is an incredibly talented individual, particularly in the area of music. Quite an accomplished musician. It's definitely Drake. Also, quite the tech wizard. Ooh. Very, very accomplished in the world of technology. Is which, it the Dyson guy? Uh, oh, that'd be an interesting guess, but no. And I think you'll both be very, very excited to know that our guest, I'm just going to uh, let me do my tech thing. and just Let him in, let him in the room. We've got Stephen Fry, ladies and gentlemen. 